Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. Hey, Wild Black family. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to tell you about a dope new book from Amistad Books and HarperCollins. It's called Diamond Doris and the Memoirs of Doris Payne. It's based on the question. How did a young black woman from West Virginia in the 1930s turn into one of the world's most notorious jewel thieves? Diamond Doris, the memoir of Doris Payne, details her path from a segregated coal town through six decades of stealing from elite jewelers to live her dreams. Soon to be made into a major motion picture, Diamond Doris is available now from Amistad Books and wherever books are sold. God said you got to have faith, faith in him. He is there for you. Not for nobody else. That's right. But if you're going to feel sad because you got cancer, well, baby, I'll switch with you because I'll take yours and give you mine. There you go. And I'll see how you like it. I don't go for it. I donated my body to science. I want to help the next woman or help my daughter or help my nieces or help my granddaughter. There's my body. Work on it. Everybody said, oh, you donating your body. You daggone right, because suppose you get it. That's right. It may be me that save your life. 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 Welcome to Wild Black, a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. Hello there. How are you? I'm good. I'm Who are good. you? I'm good. I'm Vince. As you can tell, this is going to be a different episode today, people. Welcome back to Wild Black. You know good. You still black, right? Yeah, I'm black. Little white, but I'm black. Okay. Ain't we all just a little white? <laughs> yeah, we all got it in us. I don't, so I don't know why they all protesting, but I'm black. I'm black. I'm black. Well, no. There's a reason for it. Yeah. So, but you know, it's funny that you you we we talk about that because our our first testing, genetic testing, mm-hmm. is when we found out that um our, we have what's called BRCA mm-hmm. and it's the genetic predisposition for breast cancer. Mm-hmm. But we also found out that they give you, I guess there's a DNA identification. Right. And so we have Ashkenazi Jew. Say that one more in time. In our background, Ashkenazi Jew. I'm going to have to look that one up. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like from the tribe of Judah. Oh. And it's a, it's, um, and the reason 
this particular tribe, you find a lot of this Baraka in the Jewish community because mm-hmm. they they intermarry. Oh. So this, and so at some point, and we, um, I think it, one of the ladies helped us do some genealogy. I think it went back to her great grandfather married someone white, right? Or, or that's where the the the, the union came right. in, the mixing came right. in, and out of that started this lineage of being Baraka positive. Mm. And so you can trace it all the way back to to that action. That's the only place we can trace it back to. Back to. Interesting. Uh-huh. Interesting. So nobody, we never heard about it. I mean, in the beginning, um, mommy got breast cancer uh, in 2014. And they said I didn't have. Well, really? I don't know if they said you didn't yeah, have. Yeah, she said but... I didn't have, but I told them I got so much pain. I've been coming every year for mammograms. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm not leaving this hospital. Do you figure out what the hell's until wrong? Until you find out what's wrong with these things. Right. I can't take it. That's when they took me in a room. Right. And they told me to lay on this table, mm-hmm. on my stomach. And they turned me upside down. And my breast fell through these two holes. Mm-hmm. I ain't never seen an x-ray machine like that before. Mm-hmm. An x-ray machine came underneath cuffed the breast, and started taking pictures. Mm. So before I left, they got a reading, and that's when they told me I had cancer. And that's when you found out? Yeah. Never before all the years that I've been going. Wow. I didn't even open up my chest because I had to do a heart thing. Mm-hmm. Mend my heart. And I said, well, why couldn't you, when you open up my chest you had to see him. Mm. How come you didn't see him then? Mm. You know, I'm full of questions. I always ask a lot of questions. We got to. That's, that's how we get to our answers. So she said, well, we're going to have to remove your breast." Well, and, and actually, there, it, it started for me a little bit before, because I was in Mississippi at the time. Okay, Mississippi, that's where I'm from. Yeah, I was in Mississippi, and she was in <clears throat> Maryland. And I remember my sister calling me saying they wanted to do a lumpectomy on on Miss Rose. And I said, a lumpectomy? I was like, hell, fuck no, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Get them off. Take them both off. Because her mother had had breast cancer. Right. So they did one about in her 50s. And then later in her 70s, I right. think, when she was under Alzheimer's and dementia, right. she had to have a second one. Had that second breast removal, which was really, I think was ha- probably hard on her. Right. So I was like, no, take them off. Because I don't want her to have to come back. And let's talk about this again later. Right. And so they took off the one. And then in the second one, the good titty, they found, <laughs> they found early stages of breast. That's what they call it, good titties. I, I call them titties. Okay. Good titties. <laughs> so when she... When they did, once you got two generations of breast cancer, then your insurance will pay. Right. And this is the educational piece for us as a community, is that the insurance will pay for the genetic testing. After two, two generations, generations of, wow. of cancer. Okay. 
there's something going on in your DNA. That's interesting because I'm, I'm third generation. I, I haven't been diagnosed with anything, but my all my grandparents, my mother, my father, my brother. So once she got tested Baraka positive, then mm-hmm. they wanted to test me and my sister. Mm-hmm. So my, and the thing about this genetic predisposition is that if you don't have it, that's the end of your lineage. Mm. So once my sister was diagnosed as negative, her daughter doesn't even have to be tested. It's gone. It's, she, it's gone. She's not, because it's, it's, it's passed down that right. way. It's, it's so hereditary. So for me, then all of my children have to be tested, boys and males and females. Right. Until so, one of them doesn't, and then after that, on, on, on that, that tree, that, ass, that branch. Exactly. Okay, I got you. So I've had my daughter tested. Um, thanks to her husband who kind of pushed it. She's the baby girl, so mm-hmm. she's 24, 25. But she's she's negative. Great. Mm-hmm. My sons have not been tested yet because most of the time we don't think when we put breast cancer together. Yeah, you don't think men. You don't think men, but men do but get men breast do get cancer. Us, right. So they do have to eventually be tested. Right. Um, but, you know, the other piece that probably bothers me is that We've had other family members that have had breast cancer. Mm-hmm. They ain't fucking say shit. Yeah, we have this habit of not, not talking saying shit. About so if stuff. we had known that one of her siblings had already had it, right. then maybe You'd the conversation would have, yeah, yeah. would have happened a whole lot quicker. Yeah. And that we could have found her a whole lot sooner. Yeah. yeah. But then because they don't share. Right. I created a Facebook page called, I mean, The Family Tree. I won't say their name because they're so private. Right. Um, I put my, uploaded my results into a file. So you don't even have to call me and ask me for my results. All the info there. Here it is. And sure enough, one of the sisters, one of her sisters called and said the doctor wanted my results because now they don't have to test you for everything. Right. Because they got some family history to go off of. And that's the way it should be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's crazy that if, that you would be offended that I would call and ask you, how are you? What, what did the doctor say? Right. And what does it mean for the rest of us? Right. Where you really want to just... When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Shut your mouth, shut your door, shut the windows, and say, okay, this is my family here. You... You know, this is our business. We're handling it right. privately, but it impacts all of us. Yeah, it does. So listeners, I'm sure you can already tell this is going to be a very different episode. I'm so excited at the direction it's already taken. You have been hearing from some amazing women that I've had the pleasure of talking to for the last few months as we build this episode. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. 
Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So I want to introduce you to them and, and tell you a little bit more about what we're talking about today. You probably already got it. But I want to start off with, with a small reflective, right? And this is something very personal to me as far as how I think and how I feel about us operating every day on this planet. Some days, and actually many days, I feel like we operate here as if time is infinite, right? As if we are going to be here as long as we want to be here. We That's act right. like we're invincible. And, and maybe, maybe we even act like life is as simple to maintain as adding a quarter to the video game in the arcade that those of us who are, you know, over 35, maybe 40 remember, right? Arcades don't exist. We know that now. But then out of the blue, something happens and it snaps us back into reality. It's often tough. I can remember when I got the call about my father having cancer and it's a reminder that life is fragile and in the grand scheme of things, so are we, right? And for some of us, that realization happens too late and we realize how much time we've squandered and how much time we've wasted. We realize how much love and life we failed to give and we failed to live and we try mm -hmm. to cram it all in. And, and that was my experience, right? I've lost a lot of people in the last 10 years. All my grandparents, my father, my younger brother. There's, there's been a whole lot that happened over here. And I felt like I started trying to cram in a lot. And grateful for me that it happened at a young enough age that I could begin to kind of change. But my hope today through this conversation that we're going to have is that you can remember life is short. That love is one of the most important pieces of life. Amen. And that time is a commodity. And we have a responsibility to use it as efficiently as possible because at the end of the day, time is controlled at a level far above most of our pay grades. So each of you need to protect the people, the relationships, and the love in your life. You should protect them like there's no tomorrow because I guarantee you one day there won't be. And so with that, you've already heard them, but I want to introduce Rose. How are we doing, Rose? I'm fine, child. Rose is the mama. You can tell she got that mommaly voice. She called me child. made me feel all warm inside. And Yolanda, who is Rose's daughter. You heard a little bit about their story, but they have been managing through a multi-generational predisposition for breast cancer. You heard BRCA2 come up. Rose was first diagnosed, and then both of her daughters were tested. One daughter tested positive. That was you, Yolanda, yeah. correct? And yeah. one tested negative. Um, they've gone through a bunch of stuff since then. I'm not going to try to cover it all. But what I wanted to do is just have a really good conversation that each of you can take and delve into your own perspective from your own opinions and then live your lives accordingly. God said you got to have faith. Faith in him. He is there for you. Not for nobody else. That's right. But if you're going to feel sad because you got cancer, well, baby, I'll switch with you because I'll take yours and give you mine. There you go. And I'll see how you like it. That's right. It's not fun. Right. And, and another thing that upsets me is we as black people have a lot of different things wrong with us, but we don't try to help ourselves or help our people. Mm, say that again. Come on, Rose, talk to him. You don't. You don't. I dedicated my body. 
ain't having no funeral for somebody to come by. Oh, she looks so pretty. Pretty my butt. I don't go for it. I donated my body to science. I want to help the next woman right. or help my daughter right. or help my nieces or help right. my granddaughter. There's my body. Work on it. Everybody said, oh, you donating your body. You daggone right, because suppose you get it. That's right. It may be me that saved your life. That's right. Something they find through your experience. Through my experiences, this is not no joke. That's right. This Baraka crap huh, is worse than Trump. <laughs> I'd rather have Trump. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I never heard of Baraka before we got it. And Never. Folks, they are not saying Barack. It's Barack. B R C A. There you go. B R C. And there's a Barack one. There's a Barack two. Barack one um, predisposition for breast cancer and ovarian cancer. Right. So, um, and then Barack. No, that's Barack two. What we are ovarian cancer. Barack one is breast cancer and uterine cancer. So most women with Barack one have to have a complete hysterectomy along with a double mastectomy as a preventative wow. sur- as preventative surgery. Right. Baraka 2, double mastectomy along with the um, ovarian tubes. Right. Ovaries. Right. Take um, all that away. Ubinectomy, I think wow. they call it. And you both have had double mastectomies, right? Yes. Gotcha. Hers, she's had hers as part of breath, attacking the breast cancer. So right. she's a survivor. What they categorize me as a pre-viver mm-hmm. because I've never had breast cancer. Right. But just like she was saying, I've I've been ridiculed um, in the and I don't know if our white counterparts go through this, but I think so because there's actually a Baraka page on Facebook that we all belong with. It's like 10, 20. I, I've watched this group explode, right. and more and more sisters are showing up into this Facebook page where in the beginning there were very few minority women in in the group. But now I think it's starting to, the conversations are happening. Um, But I remember looking at the files, my medical records from a couple of years prior to this out of Mississippi. Right. And and I saw where there was a note that said multi-generational breast cancer consider genetic testing. Mm-hmm. And that's as far as the note went. It just went. It, it just never stopped, stopped, stopped right there. And yeah, then no one ever had that. I was like looking at it. That seems like shocked. such a big thing. Like someone should have followed up and asked those yeah. questions or something. Then, has anybody ever talked to you about genetic testing? Because this was years before she was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Like just, no one's mentioned it to me either. Nobody's ever mentioned it. But I think it is a conversation for our white counterparts. I think they are right on top of that mm-hmm. conversation where we don't have it. Um, when she got diagnosed, I was diagnosed within 30 days, days. of her diagnos- diagnosis. Wow. I went to Johns Hopkins But it showed you moved fast after oh, you found they out moved about fast. Rose. They moved right. fast. Johns Hopkins was mm-hmm. like, you're ticking time bomb. Because I was about 50, uh, I'm 58 now, so 2014, you know, mm-hmm. do the math. So I was like at 54, right. around in there. So I was already in that age, around that age when my onset for my mother and my grandmother. Right. So, you know, you're just ticking away. And there's a, she has a sister 
that had been diagnosed with breast cancer. And never That's said a my word. Age. Wow. All right, never said anything. Never said a word. She's got another sister that has had breast augmentation, but I kind of wonder, you know, in that breast augmentation, did they find anything? Or was she able to find out she was Baraka positive and have the surgeries and the reconstruction. I never said nothing. I never said anything. Wow, we gotta, we gotta, um, we gotta stop that. Yeah. So, um, went I to get Hopkins. Angry. It's Hopkins worth getting had angry. Those, yeah, Hopkins had these breasts off within thirty days. I mean, they were quick. Thirty days from quick. from the testing. They from had already the testing removed. to the surgery was the, that's how fast they wanted, and, and there was never any hesitation about it because mm-hmm. I could see her. And I can remember my grandmother. And that's when they had those big things they put down in their breast. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the... Um, Pads. Yeah, I can't think what you call it. Like the saline? Yeah, the, the, the ones that you took out, they took out their drawer and, <laughs> and dropped in their bra. You know what I'm talking about. I got you. Yeah, I got you. that's what my mother had. Get my titty out the drawer, she would say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh my goodness! So Rose, you um, gonna have me cracking up here today? I can. I we know did, it. yeah, but yeah, thirty days. But you, you gotta make a joke out days. of it. Yeah. You I gotta be happy. Day. If no. you're not happy, you're gonna feel sad. Right now, I've been stage four since 2014. Right, and people say to me, "Well, why are you still living?" Right. What do you mean? Why am I still living? Right. Well, my mother died at stage four. Or my father died at, or this person, or that person. Because I love myself. Amen. So in 2014, what did they actually diagnose you with? And what was the prognosis they gave you? Six months to live. No, no, no. Breast cancer. That's all it was in 2014. 2000, we came here in 2018. So it probably was in later 2017, early 2016. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I was working with FEMA then. Yeah. And she was having this um, team meeting. So her sister, I think her sister went, my sister went. And this was when she was still in Baltimore, gave her six months to live. Wow. And so she lives, I mean, so she goes 2014, 2003 years mm-hmm. of going through, I guess, treatments in Baltimore. Hey, Wild Black listeners. I know we're having a great conversation today. I want to break and give you a quick word from one of our sponsors. Listen, y'all, the presidential election is coming up soon, and I don't have to tell you what's at stake. I don't have to tell you how important it is, but what I can tell you is if we don't pay attention to our history, well, you know the rest. And that's why what I'm about to tell you is so important. I want you to check out a new podcast. It's called 6020 the election of 1960, and its echoes today. And it tells the story of the Kennedy campaign and how it influenced American campaigns since. The series covers the 1960 campaign from the primaries through election night, highlighting key moments and lesser-known stories in the race leading up to the final vote, and how JFK and his team worked to win over black voters who were skeptical of his commitment to civil rights. Sounds kind of familiar, right? 6020 also gives listeners a sense of what was happening in America during this pivotal time as sit-ins and other demonstrations against racial segregation swept through the country. Again, something that should sound really familiar. I can't stress to you enough the importance of understanding our history and where we've been. So go listen to 6020, the election of 1960 and its echoes today, 
wherever you listen to your podcast at. And now let's get back to our episode. She got that, she got that diagnosis of six months. And then when we came to Emory, Dr. Bacala at the Kinship Center, the first thing she said to her was, did I talk to you about death? Mm. I'm only here to talk to you about life. That's my job. I love that. I love that. And that's the way she has handled my mother since day mm. one. She spent two hours on the first visit just making sure my mother had all the answers that she needed to hear. Love that. Taking the time. Take, she took the time. Answering questions. Yeah. That, that matters. It matters like, again, to me. I've gone through it, you know, with family members quite a lot, and it matters, right? She takes time with you. Yeah. So when you got the testing, your probability of getting breast cancer was 84%. Correct. But yeah. through treatment and, and procedures, it's down breast. to under 10. Yeah. But I think it's actually like 4 or 6%, like right. way low. So I get it. So for, for you, it was it was the news of, I know this is a possibility, how do we, I know how it do we is. Do, how we it ain't even a possibility. Gotcha. I know it is. It is. It's just a matter of when. And I right. could wake up tomorrow right. and say, oh, what is that? What is that I'm feeling? Right. And now I'm in fight mode. Right. But I never had to be in fight mode. Mm. So um, there's also implants. Also, like, she's got implants. I have something called deep. Uh, I don't know what that's, D-I-E-P. So mm. they use your body fat, the veins, the blood vessels, and mm. everything to rebuild your breast. Put them up there. Uh. So, so they look and feel. They're warm. Right. Blood are going through them. Touch these boys. They're like icicles. Yeah, they, ref <laughs> yeah, they, reflect, <laughs> they, they reflect whatever's going on in the environment. So if the environment's cold, them, them things going to be cold. Cold. And then, wait a minute, the daggone... <laughs> Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. She went to a fucking daggone oh um, plastic surgeon and talked about how cute the guy was. <laughs> what did she wear when she went to... Wait a minute. <laughs> this, he put a fucking D's on her. Because she's like, if I ain't got no bread, I ain't never had and I'm going to have something now. Wait a minute, hold she on. She got double D sitting So you ain't got double D. <laughs> <laughs> Who in the hell puts double Ds on? <laughs> now, at the time, she had to be in her late 70s. So, yeah. Oh, my, oh my gosh. That's all she could do was to show them damn titties. And I don't mind showing them. <laughs> Ain't no difference well, now, neither one of us mind showing them because I'll show women now. Look oh at these breasts. Christ. You can't tell me that God didn't put these breasts. I said, y'all don't have to worry about being scarred up. You don't have to worry about, you got options other than implants because implants, you got to change every 10 these. years. Don't get them. Every 10 years, you got to change now. Listen, my, my question, I, I don't even know where I'm going anymore. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at the time. No, y'all are good. I love good. it. I love it. Just these are the best ones. Like, forget these questions. We, okay. It's going to come up as we but go. You, you <laughs> get these. Double D's. I look at those women on TV mm -hmm. advertising. I'm not going to say what type of pill it is. Mm -hmm. Dancing because they got this kind of cancer. And right. they're dancing on the field, black and white. I want to tell them. I want to call the station so they tell them take that shit off. 
Because I die. I was getting ready to die from them damn pills. Mm. They found, when I came here, they found them pills laying in the bottom of my stomach, undissolved. Really? Yes. So pills you were taking to get better were not even breaking down in your body? No. Uh, well, I don't know what was happening in Baltimore. I don't even know. That was before me. That would have been under my sister right. and her sister. So I don't know. What's happening, brother? Come on in, man. Hey, oh, hey. come on. Ain't no tips and then you late. <laughs> we ain't edited none of this out either. <laughs> oh, Art just made it in with Hello. us. Hello. Uh, hey. I'm and you fine. know what else I found out with uh, breast cancer or reconstruction or um, any of that? One of the other the benefits, if it's somebody would consider it a benefit, right, is that I don't pay for bras anymore. They're covered under my insurance as really? part of the mastectomy. Hell yeah. So Do you I have go, to get a certain kind? Shit, hell no. I go to Nordstrom's. <laughs> my damn, my bras are running $60, $80. I ain't never had a bra $60, $80 a piece before, but now, shoot, my insurance And I don't wear it. any. And she don't wear it. <laughs> because them Mine things, they sitting there. pointed. So. At, <laughs> at 82 years old, and yes, I don't, and I will all around the apartment building. <laughs> so, Art, this is Rose. Hi. Hi. And this is Yolanda. Hey. I'm well, thank you. So, I, I, we've talked, man, we have just, we have talked about all type of stuff. This is, this is probably one of our most interesting, interesting interviews. It's going to be a really, really good one. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, what you I just walked it. in on, Rose was explaining that after her double mastectomy, she went to a plastic surgeon and she got double Ds in her 70s. Yes. Lord. Okay. She oh. was... And I'm 82. That's what I'm talking about. Everybody say, why are your breasts look like that? Because that's what they're supposed to do. <laughs> what do you think they're supposed to do? Hang down? <laughs> yeah, the tube socks. Them tube socks we had before we had the surgery. Yeah. That's exactly but what now, we had. These boys sit up. I don't care where we go. People will say, oh, your mother's Miss Rose. Even where we live at right now. Oh, your mother's Miss Rose. In the hospital, I, somebody will come up to me. Oh, you're Miss Rose's daughter. In the Emory. I was like, yeah. She said, you know what she wore today? I was like, no. So I'm walking up trying to think, what does mommy got on today? Rose, what kind of outfits you you, you in there wearing? She, she had on a tube top. <laughs> <laughs> she, she'll have on her tubes. I she'll have on her halter top. Oh, Lord. But God ain't tell me to wear old people's clothes. Uh, her her hey, leather hey, jeans Rose, with the zippers. Him. Give it. <laughs> Wait a minute. Her, yeah, her stripper clothes, baby. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm enjoying life. You no, know what I'm what saying? Want, the leather jeans with the zipper. Y'all yeah. got me crying for real. Yes. Yeah, got a pair of leather jeans, got zippers all the way down. Oh you know, God. but you know, then she'll turn around and say, "Look at her." She almost 60 years old with those shorts. So I'm thinking, oh, my God, where do you think I got it from? <laughs> my mama is right here in the stripper outfit. You Thanks. know what's going on. Yeah. I yeah. don't wear old people's clothes. Period. I am not mad at you. I'm okay. Mad. I go buy sandals. Mm -hmm. She get mad sometimes. They ain't got no ankle straps enough on You're going to fall. I ain't fell yet. Okay. <laughs> let me, I have let, not let, fell let me be. yet. Let me be. That's just what I tell her. Get out of my closet. You just in there trying to see what you can wear. Don't clean it out. <laughs> she is. But she got to get down a little bit smaller. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Because the doctor put me on a diet. I weigh size seven now. And I know I'll be buying some sharp shit, baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have a big old flea market when I get ready to die. If you got it, enjoy life. Say that again. Enjoy exactly. as much as you can. And you can't exactly. worry about what other people Make say all the time. jokes mm-hmm. about whatever that you can make a joke out of. Laugh. My doctor said, Rose, do not be around depressed people. Mm -hmm. Don't be around sad people. Find somebody that's going to make you laugh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I do. Rose, you you have done nothing but drop gem after gem. So I want to ask you this question. What? If life is a lesson, then what's the most important lesson you've learned? My important lesson is I love myself. Mm Mm-hmm. And I love my family. Mm-hmm. I went back to Baltimore to get my sisters back together because they were pulling apart. Right. If y'all want to do me a favor, love me while I'm here mm-hmm. because when I leave here, you won't see me no more. Mm-hmm. I'm not coming back to Baltimore because I don't want to be buried here. You know, even though my mother and father, but they up in a wall. Right. I don't want that either. Right. I just want to be burned and go there. I wore 95 out when I was young. Put my convertible top down, I'd be flying. Me and Prince. Okay? (laughs) So is that what you want me to do? Go down 95? And let my ashes fly. Put my top down. Put your top down on your convertible. And let my ashes fly. You got that. Wherever God sends them, that's the way I want them to go. You're going one last trip and you're going one last right. trip. What song? What Prince song? What's Little Red Corvette? No. <laughs> Purple Rain. Okay. Purple. Okay. Was What's his other song? 1995 or something? 1999. Like Purple Rain. My daughter was a state trooper, so I used to just open them up, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. I had a, a 300 ZX, oh, top fly. Oh, I could hear the sirens behind me. I kept on going. Oh, finally, he drove up next to me. Pull over, pull over. So I said, why are you talking to me like that? I said, my daughter's a trooper. What's, what's your problem? He said, what's her number? I gave it to him. He said, oh, we love our mothers too, but please slow down. I can't send you the, I can't give you no ticket. I know you can't. Bye. <laughs> Did you slow down? No. Stepped back on the gas pedal and went on down the highway. <laughs> it's just, it's just me. Mm-hmm. And, and since I've turned in my 80s, I, I look more at people. I, I can look at you and tell you, oh, no. He ain't right. But he ain't right. You know. But there's a young man underneath of me his half-brother, cousin, or whatever it is, he's paralyzed. Right. So when the doctor said I couldn't go down there anymore. Doctor didn't say I said it. You said it too. Dr. Pacala told me too. Oh. Because um, the cola was out. Right. And I got my age on me. And one thing about it, the apartment people put signs on the elevator. hmm Do not get on when I'm on the elevator. Everybody was very polite to me. So if you are polite to somebody else, they're going to be polite to you. Right. And uh, it's the love that they show you. 
You can feel love in somebody. Like when I came in and cracked a joke with you, I said, oh, he going to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he came right in and ain't had no coffee, no donuts. I was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you asking me, I ain't getting no money. <laughs> I ain't even get a donut. Then he going to tell me, he'll go around the corner to the place. Never mind. We ain't going to that extreme. Can't do it. You ain't got them. Don't you no sense in going to get them. That's me. We got you some donuts, though. No, no. Somebody told you to bring them. They already out there waiting on they, 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 they Oh, waiting no. On I don't want to hear that sad tale. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, pro, the program coming to an end, and you're going to tell me about some donuts now. Get out of here. And come late at that. <laughs> but I just want black women to know. Yeah. Love yourself. First, mm-hmm. as God say, mm. start reading Daniel in the Bible. Because it's not Jesus that's going to do anything for you. He's not going to do a thing for you. Jesus is the son of God. God is the one that puts it all out. Mm. God is the one that, if he's doing this pandemic, whatever. But he says, Have faith in me. Do not be afraid of me because as long as you have faith in me, you will live and you will be joyful. Mm. And so far, my life has turned around because I was a hellion there, I'm going to tell you. I'm I'm shocked. What? (laughs) Really? Because I would have never guessed You're looking at, what is that? (laughs) What's that? What's the thing you went to where people stayed for days? and Woodstock. Was, yes. You were out there? Do you think not? Hey. <laughs> Do you think not? I think I think she was there. Oh, my gosh. I don't know too many. I haven't found anybody oh else who I could talk to that says, has any of your parents been to Woodstock? Yeah, I went to Woodstock. Wow. Parted back, baby. We parted back for days. But back then, there was none of this black, white, Everybody was together. Mm-hmm. Everybody had fun. You know, all we did was smoke weed. Maybe somebody did coke. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. I did it all. And she'll tell you because I, one thing, I didn't hide things from my children. Right. Because they were my protectors. Right. Because I didn't have a husband. I mean, I had to get rid of them. You know, you, you <laughs> didn't do right, you had to go. I'm glad this isn't visual. <laughs> I had to let them go. Because I loved myself and I loved my children first. Right. Before mm-hmm. I loved them. Okay? Rose, you got it all. <laughs> you I'm got all enjoy. angles covered. I'm going to enjoy my life with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And my other daughter's coming down. I'm going to have fun. Have you always enjoyed life? It sounds like you've always enjoyed life. <gasps> yes. <laughs> she has always lived life on her own terms. Wow. So for probably me and my sister, we probably have another viewpoint of that. But yeah, <laughs> she has always lived life on her own terms. Yolanda, I want to ask you a very similar question. Sure. If life is a lesson, then what's the most important thing that you believe people tend to miss? For me, I think it's a couple of things have influenced how I see life. Um, mm-hmm. One, back in, goodness, I got like 79, 80, I was in college and I was kidnapped with two other girls from campus. One of them was raped and murdered. And myself and the other 
young lady um, was able to escape our abductor and um, we survived. So since then, not to, I, from there, I, I never took life for granted. Right. Um, but in this journey with mom, because I, I would, our relationship was all in water coming up. Mm. Um, I always felt like I lived life differently. For whatever reason, I felt like my moral compass was different. So it kept us, kept me kind of at a distance. But with when FEMA sent me to Mississippi to work, Katrina, she came with me. We stayed together maybe about a year. And Two I was years. like, ooh, you know, you got to go. <laughs> so she went on around the corner, moved into her little yellow house. She wasn't far, just around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I promised her then, you know, I'll never put you in a nursing home. When that time comes mm-hmm. and the foolishness has stopped, then, you you know, you come back. Now, she's back. The foolishness hasn't stopped. <laughs> I wish y'all could see her face. Foolish, but she's here with me. And that's the piece is that, you know, a lot of a lot of folks have said no to her. No, she can't come here because she can't have that dog. Or no, she can't come here because she's smoking weed. Or no, she can't come here because she's smoking cigarettes. I think you've missed so miss out on so much when you put those no, you put that boundary there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to have her with me. For two years almost since they gave her six months in Baltimore, mm-hmm. knowing what my relationship was like with her coming up, it's given me a, a, some more time with her. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Some time, some quality time with her that we didn't have as mother and daughter as I was growing up. You know, sometimes I even have to recheck myself because mm-hmm. I'm thinking my mom's going to be here forever, like you said in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. And I'll get mad at it, I'll fuss at it. And then I would say within the last month since they said that the cancer has progressed, not to fuss about the small stuff. Yeah. And just appreciate. Yeah, you do. Just appreciate. <laughs> I don't fuss about the small stuff. Her room is all on the other side of the apartment. Okay. I smell a cigarette. No, I (laughs) gave her the master bedroom, so I'm saying to her, open the door. (sighs) Open the door. Can you open the patio? I give you the balcony. You got the master. Open the patio doors. I mean, 
Does the weed have to envelope the entire apartment? <laughs> <laughs> Can you open the this door? Stuff is I've good. got air fresheners. <laughs> I've got air purifiers throughout the unit. Should I smell weed in my room? <laughs> you know, that's, if that's fussing, then I guess so, yes. Can you open the door? Can you <laughs> just oh, cut the fan on? Do something, so. I mean, I don't pay no mind. <laughs> and they shouldn't be afraid of smoking the weed and leaving them cotton-picking pills alone. Mm. The pills are going to kill you, not the weed. Right. The weed relaxes you. Yeah. You can get some THD, honey. And lay back on your pillow, take about three good puffs, and go, oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> Been waiting for that all day. <laughs> you know, do an alternative. Give yourself a chance. Girl's got my stomach hurt. <laughs> you got to concur so. with that. You got to concur with that. That's a message there. <sighs> it is. Yes. Because the doctors realized that it was helping me more than the pills. So I got a license. I can smoke it. I can fly with it back and forth home here. But I don't annoy anybody with it. Rose, one question I want to ask you, and this is, again, personal question. I remember thinking this like after my father passed. I often wonder what, what was it like for him as he told us what was going on or as, as he saw our emotions, like, you know, seeing Yolanda cry just then remind me of a, a car ride I took with my father, one of the last ones. And I remember him telling me something that just broke me down in the car. And I always wondered, when you see your children hurting because of what you're managing through, what do you feel? What do you go through in those moments? That's why I told her, don't cry. Right. I don't want to see her being sad because she's been a good daughter. Right. There's no need in being sad because I'm gone. I'm going to a better place. That's how I feel. Right. She has no reason to be sad. She was good and went on to school, got all her education. She's making top-notch dollar, and I love it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm making top-notch dollar. So we put the money together. Mm-hmm. You know? Like now she want to pay red bottom shoes. Oh God. I said, well, if you do, do the right thing. Yeah, we've been going there tomorrow. I'm a I'ma buy her the red bottom shoes. I'm gonna buy. Them. <sighs> I can afford to do it. And therefore you should go have and, live your life. And I'm gonna yeah. live my life and I'm gonna buy myself a pair. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think I'm gonna buy her a pair and I don't get now? Oh, that he, ain't he missed the whole conversation earlier about the wardrobe. He missed all that. Okay. But I got another daughter. Right. And I said, Davida, do you want red bottom shoes? No, mama. I'm buying a house. I want the money. Amen. I hear yeah. that too. Yeah. I, I, heard heard I ain't mad I heard either it. way. And I ain't mad with her. I'll give you the money. She want red bottom. She'll get her red, and I'm going to get mine. And mm -hmm. when I die, they better auction them suckers off. <laughs> and give them to a dead blame soul. Maybe on eBay. That's right. <laughs> on eBay. With all them gorgeous dresses I got hanging in the car. Ms. Rose, what, what's, we talked about everything. What is your favorite outfit? Is it the leather pants, the halter top, the two? What, what is your favorite one? Child, I like tight leather pants. I bought them for me. 
And then when we took him out the pack, she was like, you can't wear them. And I said, I sure can. <laughs> I said, sure can. I said, yeah. Shoot. They got zippers starting all the way up here, all the way down. And I got some black boots I wear with them. I be busting tail. Yeah. <laughs> People be looking at me because they look at the gray hair, you know. Mm-hmm. Men look at me. Mm, you look good, baby. Thank you, honey. Keep stepping. But I'm enjoying my life. I can tell. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember a magazine? It was more of a men's magazine called Black Confession. I don't remember that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, y'all too young. I ain't going to say no more then. Go ahead. Our uh-huh. listeners ain't, though. So Black Confession <laughs> right, right. Was, uh, it was a magazine of sexual ploys, exploits. <laughs> oh. I remember <laughs> I was like, Rose would, would be like, she said, she'll look through, we look through the message. She said, there ain't nothing in this book I haven't done. <laughs> and that has been her life. That's right. On the back of a, on the trunk of a car, on the hood of a car. Come on, Rose, give it to him. Uh-huh. <laughs> I surely did. I, I had one guy, he was just so good. I see it. Damn, he was good. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's hard to find somebody like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's really compatible and shit, you know? We was going to Florida. <laughs> and we pulled over. And I turned my ass up. And them truck drivers was going, boo, 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 boo. I did everything oh. I wanted to do. And if it's something that I felt bad hmm. about, at night, I would pray to God to take it out of my system because I did not want to do it anymore. I did it any way I wanted to. He was free. I swear, this is like a master class on life. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. I, I, I'm, I'm getting that real you quick. Know, if wow. you got a good wife, don't keep secrets. Yeah. If you want to do something, put it to her. Look, I want to try this. Right. I want to try that. But I ain't go for that double crap. That, that wasn't working. Never going to work. But I found her one time <laughs> under my vanity watching me have sex. <laughs> you know, you didn't expect that to come out. That I, I don't you. remember it. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. Under my, my, my organza dressing table, <gasps> underneath the window in the apartment on Winter's Lane. I'll never forget it. He was about eight, nine years old. I kept hearing something scratching, scratching. But I I didn't say nothing. But I could see her. I went right on back what I was doing. You want to see that? So that's indicative of my childhood. Right there. So we are, we're about at the end of time. And I want to ask one more question to each of you. Um, Yolanda, I'll start with you. As you think about all that you all have gone through, even in the last several years, right? What is the one thing that you want our listeners to take away from your story? And then secondarily, what would be the one thing you want to tell your mom? And I, I, I don't know. It's just, just be open, I guess. Simple Not, is good. Yeah, just be open. It's, life can be simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. Mm-hmm. And for my mom, it's like, you know, I love you, and I am so grateful that you chose to come with me. And give us this opportunity to spend time together. It's invaluable to me. 
we've been like girlfriends. And uh, I love you. And I am not going to be sad when you leave me. Because I appreciate the time that we had. Now I'm going to miss the hell out of you. Ms. Rose, the same question to you. What what do you want our listeners to take away from your experience and your story? And then what do you have to say to Yolanda? My experience with my story is, like I said, I love the Lord. And uh, at first, like I said, I was a hellion. I was. But when I found out that I was sick, Mm -hmm. I prayed real hard. And it was like, a spirit or something that came to me that said, Rose, I want you to stop doing this, stop doing that, and we're going to be friends forever. Mm. That's what I felt. That's what I heard. Right. Okay? And one night I asked God, could I see my mother and father one more time? Right. At the foot of my bed was my mother and father sitting, and they told me, you will not leave this earth alone. We will come and get you and take you up. Being with my daughter, I can't just say this daughter because I got two. Right. And I love them both, and I've enjoyed them all through high school, all through college. They, they both went and graduated. She was extraordinary. I mean, I never thought she'd be making the money she's making now. You know what I'm saying? But it's enabling me to live like I've never lived before. Because I raised my grandchildren. They were important to me now. They were grown on their own, doing their thing. I love my grandchildren. And I love my children. And I'm happy. I'm happy I'm still here. And when I get ready to go, I'm going to have a smile on my face because I'll be at peace. I know they're fine. Everybody's doing good. I'm gone. I'm sweeping on up the pearly gates, baby. Dancing on up there. Mm. In the convertible with Prince playing. That's right. (laughs) That's right. But I'm I'm happy that I did do this. You know, I told you, I said, I don't know about this. <laughs> but I ain't know about no party business. Mm-hmm. You know, but if it's to make black women aware. Black families. Or families, community. whatever. But my thing sure. is on a woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So the woman, the black woman is the center of it it's, anyway. Is, is the yeah. nuclear. Right. She's the of nuclear existence. of the family. So therefore... Do not be afraid. When they say you got cancer, don't sit up there and I got cancer. That ain't going to help a thing. Put your big girl drawers on and start to step in. Mm. And keep your head up. And you'll make it. Love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Keep All right, it brother, up. you got anything, man? Hey, I hate I was late. <laughs> Tardy to the party, but... I, I cannot l- wait to listen to this episode. Uh, I it was can fun. absolutely it was fun. tell it was a lot of gems bestowed <laughs> upon our fun. listeners on the this whole one. So, time. Yeah. Thank y'all. Thank you. Thank I you. enjoyed myself being here. 
I am glad. I Me am too. Glad. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself too. Because <laughs> I really wasn't, wasn't going to come. <laughs> I made up my mind. I'm going back to bed. You, you said you just finished chemo, right? Yeah, I'm off for this week. For this yeah, two weeks yeah. on, one week off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listeners, I got something very, very short. If you got anything from this episode, I, I hope at a bare minimum it is, you got to remember to love the people around you. Mm. And if you think you already love hard and love right, then take a few moments and go learn to love better. Mm-hmm. That's and it. That's all we got for you. So with that, we out. Peace. We love you. Amen. Amen. Wow. This episode... What an amazing opportunity to hear from two dynamic women. As I think about what they shared in this story, from this story, there's several gems that came out of this, uh, out of this interview that I think we should focus on. The first is when we hear Ms. Rose talk about her diagnosis and how it was, it was so dim, like it was, it was it was six months, right? That that forces me to think about my situation, not nearly as terminal as hers, but similar in nature in that I was given a diagnosis and I didn't like it. And what we in that moment should think through when you get a diagnosis from a doctor that you don't like is not so much that it's not true, or not so much that you have to, you know, invalidate this doctor's opinion. But do we have to accept it? Does what this doctor say have to be our end? Medicine is a practice. It's something that they go to school. Doctors, medical professionals, they go to school, they learn about, they study it, and they go out and they practice it. It's not an absolute. So... Accepting what one doctor tells you, I don't think that's the way we should choose to live our lives when it's not something that you want to deal with. Now, am I saying disregard whatever medical professionals are telling us? Of course not. But I do think that you have to find someone that is willing to listen to your plight and understand what your desires are for your life whether it's related to your medical history or anything else. So because of that, Ms. Rose, like, her and her daughter, Yolanda, that was unacceptable. And they found someone else who was willing to speak life into her existence or speak life into her future, pardon me. And I think that's something we have to focus on. When these doctors and professionals tell us things that that, that that go outside of what we want to deal with in our lives. I think we should spend the energy to get second opinions. I think we should spend the energy to, as, as I said, speak life over ourselves. Um, that's that that to me is just so important. The 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 these beautiful women, um, they spoke to their opportunity to reunite. And that, too, was another gem that I think we all can take from this. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba At participating McDonald's.